Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Have you ever experienced one of those magical moments where everything seems to come together and life feels rich and exciting and brilliant? Those are the times when we feel most alive. When do you feel most alive? And better yet, how can you experience those magic moments more often? Stay tuned because in this episode, we're going to talk about how to do more of what makes you feel alive. Hey, teachers, have you struggled to balance your work life and your home life? Do you want to make a difference and still feel like you can be present and purposeful in your life outside of school? Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. This is not your typical professional development. We focus on you, not strategies to teach content. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators with the passion, knowledge, and experience to support you as you navigate the challenges of our profession. Are you ready? Let's get started. We'd love to start today with a quote. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Howard Thurman. Let's set the stage. Do you remember as a child when you were absolutely mesmerized and astonished by a magician? Your senses were probably on high alert. You were interested and fully awake, anxious to find out what was next. Those are truly magical moments. It's a feeling and a sense of awareness, a form of excitement and curiosity and energy all coming together. It is newness, possibility, interest and engagement. And yes, it's magic. Just makes you feel more alive. Those magical moments. When you think about kids, children see magic everywhere. And why? Because they're looking for it, because they believe in it. So they see it. What would happen in your life if you looked for magic and you believed it was there? Let's talk about having an optimal experience. I'm going to start by giving an example of one of my most magical moments. I was at a conference in Florida with Paula and some other colleagues. We were excited listening to the different speakers. There was a lot of energy in the room and a lot of new ideas. My brain was spinning with all the ways we could take these ideas and we could implement them. And I started to have a vision of a new program, a new way of rearranging what we were doing. It resulted in something called the Professional Development School. And eventually, I even became part of starting the National Association for Professional Development Schools. But in the moment, I was just awestruck by the possibilities and the ways we could all use our talents and make something that existed even better. 
I felt electric and alive. It was just inspiring and inspired. I felt like the world was right there waiting for us to grab it and run with it and make it better. It was this feeling of being unstoppable. It reminds me of a book that I read by Ruth Reichel. She was a New York Times food critic. She wrote a book called Save Me the Plums. And I read it in my book club because I would not read about cooking because I don't even like to cook, but I loved this book. And she described that same exact feeling that she had while she was working in this office with people at the New York Times. She said, the energy in that office was so potent. It was like we pulled the cork on a bottle of champagne and released a vibrant explosion. I love that. I actually experienced that myself, not at a conference, although I have had that before. But the example I was specifically thinking of, I was a waitress in high school at a restaurant. It was a magical place to work. The energy with that group of people, we were just killing it every Friday and Saturday night. While the other high school kids were out having fun, we were having fun at work. We loved working together. We were serving food like it was nobody's business. So we really didn't mind being there. Anytime somebody needed something, we all pitched in. We were proud of our work. When we walked out the door at the end of those Friday and Saturday nights, we were always smiling and laughing together. We had so much fun. It didn't even feel like work. Well, I love that example because we sort of think of, oh, these magical moments are something that's ethereal and it just sort of happens to us. But your example really reminds me that sometimes this is something we can choose to experience. We can choose to create it. I could easily see how a bunch of high school kids working at a restaurant on a Saturday night could complain and moan, but it really wasn't that. You turned it into something fun and you turned it into something engaging. That brings us to our next talking point. What makes us feel alive, inspired, and unstoppable, and how can we create this experience? For this section, we're going to turn to our research expert. This is a man by the name of Mahai Csikszentmihalyi and his book, Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. This book is based on decades of his research on the positive aspects of the human experience. You probably know from past episodes, we are all about positive psychology and all of the research that we can use to transform our lives. This man, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, coined the term flow, joy, creativity, total involvement in life. When you are in flow, you are absorbed. You can easily lose track of time. Hours can go by without you even realizing it. You are just in the moments. You feel exhilaration, a deep sense of enjoyment that becomes a memory for what should be like. You're also able to focus and concentrate on the task at hand, which requires that you have some intrinsic motivation. You find what's good in the moment and you're motivated to do it. Then there's a loss of self-consciousness. It's not like you're so worried. What is everyone going to think? What is this going to look like? Will people think I'm weird? You're just lost in it and you no longer even care what other people think about it. When we are in flow, our physical skills improve. Athletes know this. When you are in the zone, as they call it, you can go higher, faster, and stronger. 
these times when you are in flow are generally not passive times. These are these special and enjoyable times where you are stretched and you are responding to a new challenge that's not too challenging, but it's also not too easy. You are in a worthwhile task and you are doing something that's possible and it's flowing from you and that it really matters. Flow is the antidote to the feeling, is this all there is? There are some general principles for how you can transform a meaningless task or something that seems mundane that you just have to do. We all have those things in our lives, but the work of low basically tells us that we can change that. And here are some of the ideas. First of all, there needs to be some challenge and you can choose to challenge yourself in any circumstance. It can't be too challenging because if it's too challenging, we'll give up. We'll just quit. It's not possible, but it needs to be enough challenge that you feel it. It's something new. It requires you to use your skills. It's going to take some effort. It's going to stretch you in some way. And that usually feels really good to use your skills in a new and exciting way. It also should be something that you've practiced before, going off of what Michelle said about not too challenging and not too easy. You're not going to be an opera singer and step up to the microphone the very first time and be in flow. You have to know what you're doing. It has to be something that you've practiced before, but that you can be challenged just enough to get into that magical moment, that state of flow. So it's not the first time you do something. Don't expect flow the first time you've ever tried something. If you think of a chess player or a golfer or an ice skater, these people are all involved and often in flow in trying to have mastery. But it also involves many different levels. There's always the next challenge. You don't perfect any of those things. There's always ways that you can grow. That involves having some clear goals and getting feedback, getting immediate feedback. If you think of children, young adults, you're playing video games, they have goals, they want to get to the next level. They're very intrinsically motivated. They also get immediate feedback. This worked, this didn't, turn left here. There's always that idea of having a goal, getting feedback, rebounding, trying again, keep moving, keep trying to get to the next level. When you're talking about the children playing the video games, they're paying attention and they're enjoying those small details. That really can put you in flow when you pay attention to those experiences and find the enjoyment in them. Another thing that works, this is especially true for me, is sometimes it's easier to get into flow if you avoid the noisy environments and the constant interruptions. I always love to work late at night. I can get very much into flow late at night because the world is quiet. The neighbors are quiet. Nobody's mowing their lawn. My household is quiet. Then I can really think and I can really get lost in the moment. To really get lost in flow, you have to know what your values are and what has meaning for you. You're likely not going to get into flow with some task that someone has picked for you that doesn't really align with your values or what has meaning in your life. Choose accordingly, knowing what works best for you. We've talked about in other podcast episodes about aligning your beliefs and your values to help set priorities. You also need to align your beliefs and your values and what has meaning to you with the activities in order for you to get into flow. 
Sometimes there are jobs we all have to do that aren't maybe the things that we would choose, but it is possible to take a look at those tasks and find that meaning, find a higher purpose, find a way of making that better align with who you are and what you believe in, what you value. You can order your life so that what you do, when and with whom will enable you to do your best work. You have more control over this than you may think. Let's talk about an example. This just happened. We recently did a workshop. We met a teacher named Eric. He was explaining to us an example that I think is a perfect example of this ordering your environment. He felt that the way the curriculum in one of his units and one of his classes was just boring. The students were bored and he was bored. It was part of the standards. He had to do it. He just had these urge to shake things up in some new way because he just couldn't take it anymore. So he designed it totally new way to deliver that curriculum. And it included designing a passion project and students would create a project, design it, and then implement and work on that project. It was a big change. There was a possibility that it wouldn't work. And he was very worried that the students would hate it or the parents would be calling the school and they'd be complaining about it. He was also worried that it might be too much work. Sometimes when we change something, we know that it's going to take more work. And then we say, oh, are we getting in our over our head? But he decided that he was going to go ahead with it. He was so excited when he was even just talking about this project. He loved designing the project, teaching this unit. It was a smashing success. He realized that he took a boring, lifeless, mundane unit and turned it into something electric. He was like, it didn't steal energy from me in the doing of that. It gave me energy because suddenly there was purpose in it, value in it, and excitement in it. That is how you can order your life so that you can feel more alive. As teachers, so many times we can think of a moment when we were designing a new curriculum or designing a new course or taking curriculum that was boring and making it fun and then just getting into the flow of it. For me, when I do that, that's when I look up at the clock and all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. Like Michelle said, I like to work late at night because there isn't the interruptions. There isn't the interactions of others around me. After everyone has gone to bed in my house at night, I can get into flow. So this is a nice transition point here to talk about the caution of flow. Caution here, sometimes flow can look a little bit like workaholism. When you love your work and you're finding fulfillment in it and you want to do your best work, sometimes it can take over a lot of your life. You need to figure out what does it look like to be in the flow and what does it look like to be a workaholic? Create some structures that allow you to do your best work so your work can become really fulfilling to you and that it becomes the best part of your life and not a challenge to your life. If you absolutely love what you do, if it's fulfilling, if it is aligned with your values, I think it's not workaholism. I think workaholism is what you get when you have to give things up that you value and love and you feel cheated out of time or experiences, or you constantly have to do work and you're not finding any meaning in it. But because of the duties of the job, you have to work really, really hard at it and you're not enjoying it. It's not fulfilling to you. Which is totally different than flow, where you're feeling really good about the work you're doing and you're doing it because it energizes you and not drains you. But beware that you may have to create some boundaries in your life if you feel like you're getting into the flow too much and missing other things in your life. And we have talked about boundaries in other podcast episodes. 
let's transition. Let's talk about what would it look like if everyone lived from a place where they felt alive and energized, where they looked forward to every day and could see possibilities in everything. That just sounds amazing. It's like capturing lightning in a bottle. Burnout and complacency would be diminished. It's hard to be burned out when you are working with love and energy. When you are happy and excited and fulfilled, you are not burned out. The same is true for students in school. If we can get them into a state of flow and using the suggestions that we gave about how to create flow, getting them there would mean fewer behavior challenges and more enjoyment of school. Likely resulting from that would be better discussions and ultimately better learning. We have an example from our home life, too. We were talking about this, and we both realized that we like painting rooms in our house because we listen to podcasts or audio books. It's a mundane chore, but time flies, and we get absorbed in the task and what we're listening to. And before you know it, the whole first coat is on, and you're looking for another gallon of paint. I listened to all of the audiobook of Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell while I was painting my bathrooms. And then I was done and I had a little bit left of the book and I looked around thinking, what else can I paint so I can finish this audiobook? Time flies when you can get into a flow. And for us, both podcasts and audiobooks can do that. You take the mundane and you elevate it. I was thinking about the movie Jumanji. I just recently watched that with my family. Not talking about the 1990s version with Robin Williams, but the 2017 version with The Rock, which most of you have probably seen. It's these young adults, and they're trying to find their internal value. They have all these external limitations of high school and all the roles that it puts them in, and they find themselves in Jumanji. For those who haven't seen it, they're in this game, and they need to find their way out, and they need to work together. As the movie goes on, you can see them get into flow. They get into flow together. In the beginning, they're figuring out what their roles are. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of this game. And by the end, they are in a flow and they just work together to solve the riddles, to finish the game and to ultimately return home. And the reason I give this Jumanji example, because I think it's fascinating that the word Jumanji, according to the author of the Jumanji book, Chris Van Ellsberg, Jumanji is actually a Zulu word for many effects. And these effects refer to the consequences that come out of the game. And I think Jumanji, these many effects in that movie, the consequences flow. Ultimately, these awkward teenagers find flow together. So that's an amazing effect. So when you see Jumanji next time, watch the flow that develops in this group of teenagers. I love the idea of many effects because that is exactly what happens when you are working in your optimal zone. It has effects on you and it potentially also affects others. Um, I was actually in Broadway with some of my work colleagues. We were at the Broadway musical Aida, which is still to this day my very favorite Broadway musical. I love the music. It's a story about ancient Egypt and an Egyptian princess who is captured and becomes a slave. I am at this and I I'm watching Heather Headley, who is playing the role of Aida. She did win a Tony for that performance, so it was amazing already. I can see the orchestra and I can see the conductor from right where I'm sitting. 
And Heather is just belting out one of the solos. Then she's holding this note, this incredibly long note. And then she goes up to a higher note. The conductor drops his arm. The orchestra, everyone puts down their instruments. They're staring at her. She's holding this higher note. Then she goes even higher. And the conductor is just going crazy with excitement. The orchestra, the eyes and the looks on their faces, they're just astonished. I have burst into tears and I'm looking at my colleague sitting next to me and she is crying and we are hugging each other. And we are like, that is the most incredible thing we have ever seen. That is an example of the many effects when you are in flow, when you are in that stage where you are doing more and better with excitement and enthusiasm, and you are bringing possibility alive, it will affect you, but it will also affect others. That just inspires me to put flow into my life, to feel alive, to feel that magic. We all want that. Everyone is looking to feel more alive. That brings us to today's recap. When you are doing something you love that challenges you a bit, that you find profoundly worthwhile, you are taking charge of your life and creating intrinsic happiness. If you want to improve your life, improve the quality of your experiences. Take control of the things you can so that what you do, when and with whom will enable you to do your best work and live your best life. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to ask yourself, when do you feel most alive? Then find a way to do more of that. We won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to hear how it's going. So feel free to email us or send us a DM. If you haven't been to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, you can head over there and find all the episodes of this podcast, along with all the show notes. You'll also find our award-winning blog and information about upcoming workshops. You can also grab our free guide, The Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.